Well, this morning we're going to do something a little bit differently. Thank you so much for making every effort to get here on time. And, you know, we're in the book of Acts. I encourage you to turn there. We're going to be in Acts 3 today. And our sermon today, there are no sermon notes, so I can say whatever I want. There are no sermon notes because this is so quick today that uh, I'm not sure that you would be able to, to write them down that fast. So if you were to write something down, you would title today's sermon, Dinner and a Movie. Dinner and a Movie. Oh, the prolific sense of what it means to go on a date in our culture. The dinner and the movie. I'll explain that in a minute. Let's, let's read where we're going to be today. Starting in verse 11. While he clung to Peter and John, and he is a paralytic who had been lame his whole life and had been laid at the, at the beautiful gate to beg. His life was relegated to begging because he couldn't move. He was dependent on everybody else. And what what has happened so far in the early church is that the leadership of the church, Peter and John, were on their way to temple around three in the afternoon for prayers. And as they passed by, this beggar who was lame and who was completely dependent on those around him to take care of him, we know for a fact that he didn't even have the strength to look Peter and John in the eye. He just looked down and he asked for help. He asked for what's called alms. And Peter looks to the beggar and he says, look at me! Look me in the eye. And he says, silver and gold I have none. But what I do give you is the name of Jesus Christ. And in the name of Jesus Christ, rise and walk. And he was instantly healed. The Scripture says that his ankles and his legs were strengthened. It says that he danced. How amazing is that? And so this happens right at one of the busiest intersections, right? This would be Galindo and and Clayton, alright? And there's, there's thousands of people entering in through this gate and they see what happens. And so now they all follow Peter and John and they go rushing up to him and that's where we pick up the story. And it says, while he, who was, was the paralytic, but now he is changed. By the way, this is a typology of us. Lost in sin. Helpless. Nothing that we can do for ourselves. And yet Christ came. And He gave us new life. And He took away that sin. He paid the penalty for the sin. And He healed us through His power on the cross. Amen? So there's, there's more than meets the eye in some of what we see here. So now, everybody runs to Peter and John. We would have run too, right? And so, even he, the paralytic, he, he clings to Peter and John. All the people, utterly astounded, ran together to them in the portico called Solomon's. And when Peter saw it, he addressed the people. Now, I'm going to stop. This message because we're just basically reading the second sermon Peter does. This doesn't fly today. This sermon would not fly. There are are very few pastors I know, well, most pastors I know would preach this. 
But there are very few pastors around the world, and especially in America, that would preach this sermon today. It's going to be rough. It's going to be rough. It's not going to sound very nice. Especially in a culture where we say, oh, don't throw shade on people. Right? Don't make people feel badly about themselves. That's not the way to to help someone understand who Christ is. Let's see what happens here. And let's see if, if you as a seminarian board evaluating Peter, Peter's uh, homiletic skills would have flunked him. Sorry, just a little divergence there before we get into it. And when Peter saw it, he addressed the people, Men of Israel, why do you wonder at this? Or why do you stare at us as though by our own power or piety we have made Him walk? The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God of our fathers glorified His servant Jesus, whom you delivered over and denied in the presence of Pilate when he had decided to release Him. But you denied the Holy and Righteous One and asked for a murderer to be granted to you And you killed the author of life whom God raised from the dead. This is going great. This is... Woo! Yeah, I'm sticking around for part two. Nobody's left yet. But you denied the holy and righteous one to you and you killed the author of life whom God raised from the dead. To this we are witnesses. And His name, by faith in His name has made this man strong whom you see and know. And the faith that is through Jesus has given the man this perfect health, perfect health, in the presence of you all. And now, brothers, I know that you acted in ignorance. As did also your rulers. But what God foretold by the mouth of all the prophets that his Christ would suffer, he thus fulfilled. Repent, therefore, and turn again that your sins may be blotted out, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send the Christ appointed for you, Jesus, whom heaven must receive until the time for restoring all things about which God spoke by the mouth of the holy prophets long ago. Moses said, the Lord God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brothers. You shall listen to him in whatever he tells you. And it shall be that every soul who does not listen to that prophet shall be destroyed from the people. And all the prophets who have spoken from Samuel and those who came after him also proclaim these days. You are sons of the prophets And of the covenant that God made with your fathers, saying to Abraham, and in your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. God, having raised up His servant, sent Him to you first to bless you by turning every one of you from your wickedness. Thanks, Peter. Boy, how do we preach this? Well, you know, I told you about dinner and a movie. I went out to Sacramento on Thursday to see that great, prolific story of modern minds 
You know that, that docudrama that will be a life changer in everybody's world? Kong, Skull Island. My son and I wanted to see this, and, and he's already back at school, and the opportunity just came up, so I drove out through the Delta again. You know, your pastor's going to get lost out there one of these days, and if you ever can't find me, just go look in the Delta somewhere. And just a beautiful drive, got to spend some great time praying, and, and so I arrived, and my son and I, we went, and I got to tell you, things are changing, right? So, you know, in our culture, when we go out on a date, a lot of people, what they do is they go to and a movie, right? They're getting smart out there, folks. They're getting smarter. And pretty soon, they're just going to have us laying back and there's going to be an intravenous tube. And there's going to be like glasses. And we're just going to be in a chair the rest of our life. Because they have made it so easy on us. We went to this theater that what they do is they make incredible food. And you would say, okay, well, like Brendan... Well, not Ram. But anyway, you know, you can get new you can get food. They're kind of upscaled, right? But no, they took it over the rails. You lay back in this incredible leather recliner and you just hit a button. Boop! You just hit this button. And when you hit the button, this wonderful waiter comes to your ta- your chair, not your table. I almost said table. Comes to your chair and they have this they have ribs. They have like a four cheese Italian penny pasta. They have the glorious, all-surpassing, coveted Sunday from my youth that's in a glass goblet about this size. And it, and it comes with ice cream and chocolate sauce and nuts and a whipped cream and a cherry. And nowhere else is it served like this in our century. And they bring it to you. You never have to get out of the chair. <sighs> have we not reached the pinnacle of indulgence? Soon, You'll find me in one of those chairs with my tombstone. Here he died of indulgence. How does that fit with what we just read? I'm trying to give you some some levity here. Because there's some good challenge. Really what this should be called is miracle and a message. That's what this should be called. There's a dualistic theme here. Miracle and a message. The lame man walks. And people run to hear the message. Some of you are here today because of the miracle of salvation. And you are here to witness this. We're not too far removed from Acts, are we? You see, when God does something great, people ask, what's going on? What's going on? And that is exactly what's happening in Solomon's portico. This lame man is clinging to Peter and John. Can I just encourage you, if you're new to the faith, this is what it should look like. If you're old in the faith, this is what it should look like. Amen? That had all the passion of uh, receiving a brownie instead of that fudge sundae that I got. You should cling tightly like the lame man to Jesus Christ. Amen? Now we're talking. Yes! Well done, Trey. There is a miracle. The decibel meter went like this. The lame man walks. The lame man walks and people run to hear the message. You know, a person walks in faith through baptism. 
the individuals that are going to be baptized today, they do so in faith. They do so because they have a new relationship with Jesus Christ. They do so as a statement to God and to all of us about that, that personal faith, that grace that we heard the writer of this prayer, that grace that the lame man experienced. So what happens here? Well, what was Peter's message after the miracle? He starts out by saying, why are you shocked? You know, everybody's running up going, how did you? Why are you shocked? You were here. You saw Jesus do it. By the way, this is a different crowd for the most part than those that were at Pentecost. These are the religious folks that go to temple every day. This was a Tuesday, okay? Not literally, but kind of like it was like a Tuesday. These are the ones that demanded that Jesus be crucified because he was a threat. And so Peter, knowing who he's talking to, says, why are you shocked? You saw him do this. You saw Jesus heal people. And Peter says, what? Look at what we did. Look at what we did. You know, because Peter, he was actually, John was really excited about that, right? You remember that they were going down this road and, and they were kind of whispering to each other, following pretty good pace behind Jesus. And they're all arguing who's going to be greatest in the kingdom. It's funny how the Holy Spirit kind of helps you learn humility. Peter's saying, we didn't do this. You should recognize the power. Those individuals that will be doing baptism today, those that know Jesus Christ, those that have stepped in baptism, you recognize that power. There isn't anything that I'll be doing to help you today. Well, I might bring you up out of the water. I might. But Peter says, it's not in our power. You should recognize this. You know, my wife and I got to go out to dinner Friday night. I'm doing a lot of this recently. It's incredible, the life I live, the indulgent life I live. No, I went because she needed a night off. And thank you to George Rice. Where are you, George? Thank you, George. We got to use your gift card finally. And, uh, and so we had a beautiful dinner, and, and our waiter was fantastic. He was just absolutely fantastic. But here's the deal. As my beautiful double-sized pork chop arrived in all of its beautiful sauce, right? I'm making you hungry, and I'm making you want to go to a movie. That's the whole purpose to today. As my pork chop arrived, if it was a little pink, I should blame the waiter, right? We would never blame the waiter. Now, the waiter brought it. I never saw the person who cooked it. But I understand, and that's what Peter's saying here, isn't he? Peter's saying, look, I'm your waiter. I'm just serving. I'm just serving. You should recognize this power. And it was an excellent pork chop. This was in God's power, not ours, Peter is saying. Then he speaks about sin. He speaks about denial. Right? Let's look at this real quickly. This is the part that doesn't float. Men of Israel, why do you wonder at this? Or why do you stare at us as though by our own power or piety we have made him walk? The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God of our fathers. Oh, why do you think he's doing that? Peter's a smart preacher. He's getting into their wheelhouse. He's saying, I know you. I'm one of you. And here's the challenge, guys. You missed Christ. Not only did you miss him, you killed him. And you should have known better, right? You're all hanging on to the part where he says, y'all claiming ignorance. 
You're waiting for me to get to that part, right? But first he says, you had Abraham, you had Isaac, you had Jacob, you had Samuel, you had Moses. They all spoke of Messiah. And what did you do when He was given to you? You killed Him. When Pilate said, I find no wrong in Him, you denied it and you wouldn't let Him off the hook. Not only that, let me, let me make you feel worse about yourselves. You asked for a murderer to be freed. This is how much you hated Jesus. Folks, we cannot approach Jesus Christ without dealing with sin. We cannot approach Jesus Christ and truly have saving grace and saving faith if we do not look specifically to our humble estate and who we are as failed people. We are failed people. And if you say, I'm not that failed, Pastor Jeremy. People think I'm pretty good. I got it. I'm pretty good too, I think. Other than when I'm laying in the supine position stuffing my face with a Sunday watching King Kong. That's one of my low moments. You know, see, a good man isn't ever going to get to heaven. But a righteous one does. God's rule, not mine. And so it's imperative that if our souls experience saving faith, if our souls experience what, what Peter's about to ascribe to, the reality for us is that it's all about how God describes it. It's all about who Jesus was. It's all about examining that and accepting it. And when I want to hold on to my own perspective of things, it leads me down disastrous paths. Just like this group. And Peter says, you have to deal with your decisions. You have to deal with them. Folks, we live in a society. I'm ready to start calling our sermons therapy for the soul. We live in a society that wants to preach to the self through counseling. Self, self, self. We here in our counseling, if there's one thing we've already arrived on as we're, we're forming all this up, is that we want to approach the soul, the soul, the soul. Because so much of what's happening in, in advice is to just put a band-aid on things. We're just going to keep making you feel good about what you do do well, but we're not going to help you get past the things that are down here deep. And that's why I encourage you, sign up for the Forgiveness Ministry Seminar. It will change your life. Amen? So, he goes through all these things, and the crowd's not real excited about it. But then he starts talking about the name of Jesus. It is about Jesus. It's about His name. It's about what He does. And then he starts talking about the power of faith. Did you catch that? That it's through faith that this lame man walked. It's through faith that Jesus gave him um, this healing. Peter took great direction and he followed the script. What script? Well, he uses words like witnesses, right? And just prior to the ascension, Jesus said, you will be my witness in Jerusalem. These words never left Peter's thoughts. Never left his thinking. And so Peter remembers, and he's saying, he's sticking to the script. You know, when you go to a movie, do you love watching where someone does an ad-lib? Do you guys know where ad-libs are in movies? Or, or where somebody does that on, on a TV series? Some of you are like, I don't have no idea what you're talking about. So, you know that famous line, 
you looking at me? Right? That wasn't in the script. You know, uh, there's a famous quote out of a movie from, I think, the 70s called Jaws. That they use this line now all the time in Hollywood when they're just lacking on something. Roy Schneider looks at the shark and he turns to the guys on the boat and he says, you're going to need a bigger boat. That was ad-libbed. And it became one of the most famous lines in all of Hollywood. Peter didn't ad-lib. He stuck to the script. And it was powerful. It was powerful. Peter took great direction. So let's talk about this acting in ignorance and then we'll wrap it up this morning. It's almost like saying, you know, the waiter brings you your food. <laughs> You're like, I didn't order that. I didn't order that. What, you know, what's going on here? That the people standing there probably wanted to deny, because he uses the word deny three times here in his preaching, the people probably wanted to deny what was really going on. And it's like you sitting there and all of this food, come on in, kids. You guys can sit right over here in this section. We're so excited. We're going to have our kids in here for uh, the baptism. We're going to get baptism going in just a minute. So, you know, have you ever had that happen where you have something come to you and you're like, I didn't order that. I didn't order that. Well, Peter says this, talking about ignorance. And now, brothers, I know that you acted in ignorance as did also your rulers. And then he follows with, but, what? But what God foretold by the mouth of the prophets. In other words, look, you want to claim that you're ignorant on this and you didn't know any better? It doesn't matter. You're still accountable for this. So how many of you have ever gone through, all right, look, I'm going to treat you like fourth graders. Right here, folks. Come on, right here. I love fourth graders, man. These kids, I know, look, I can't compete with the cute factor that just walked in the room. This is fantastic. So this is perfect timing because kids, I have something special for you. How many of you kids... Your parents have ever taken you through a drive-thru like McDonald's? Have you guys ever gone through McDonald's? And how many of you parents of these children have gone through McDonald's and you've had to repeat the order five times? Right? And they still don't get it right. And, and, and the person's like, well, I didn't know. I, I couldn't hear you. You know, I didn't, you know. Ignorance doesn't matter. And, and I know that that is like one of the banes of our society. And, and there's, there's like this thing on the internet that I caught that surmises our struggle with this. So kids, listen to this. This is what it's like for your parents sometimes. Going through the drive-thru. Now it's changed, right? They have a board. And they'll always say, is the order right on the board? Is that, you know? Well, the board happened because of this. Let's listen to this.
All right, so we're going to cut it down there. Yeah, it's a good song. It's a good song. My kids are loving it. Because when we went through drive throughs Mom Cook would rock that song, and the kids would all be singing it, you know, and so it brings back some good memories. A uh, little KJ52 there for parents that want to hit that up for their kids. Some Christian rap. So the idea is this. Is your order right? And so what, Mo- what Moses, what, what Peter does is he says, look, you say you acted in ignorance and... Hey, we, you know, we, we didn't know who we were really, you know. No, let's go back over it. You would have known. So let me show you what's on the receipt. Right? Moses said this. Samuel said this. The prophets said this. This wasn't because of ignorance that you killed Christ. This was because of your own sinful hearts. This is why Christ died. And this is where he finishes. The third act is a message of hope. And he says this in verse 26, God having raised up His servant. So there's victory. Here is the reality is that, okay, we have to take responsibility for our sin and what happened, but we can't take responsibility. There's nothing we can do about our sin. Only Jesus can take that sin away. But we do have to recognize that we are sinful. That it's because of our sin that Jesus died on that cross. And then it's up to us whether we want to name Jesus in faith. And if we name Jesus in faith, then that grace is given to us of salvation to all men. Right? But we've got to do the first part first, which is repent. Which is recognize that need for repentance and that sin. And then only through Jesus can we have new life. Only through Jesus can we have new life. Did you catch this? He says earlier on, he says, repent therefore and turn again that your sins may be blotted out. Listen to this carefully. That times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Do you need a time of refreshing? This is what it means to know Jesus. But Peter had it right. He said, first, you repent, you recognize, you own that, and then you follow in faith of Jesus Christ. And that time of refreshing will happen for you. And what does he say? God made the way. God made the way. He says, God, having raised up His servant, the resurrection of Christ, right? Sent Him to you first to bless you by turning every one of you from your wickedness. Today, as we watch baptism happen, boys and girls of all ages, you are witnessing individuals that recognize just they heard this same message and they have responded. They have said, I do see that there's sin in my life and I want to turn from that and I want to recognize Christ who has been raised. And I want to follow Him and I want that blessing. I want that rest. And so I commit my life to that. This morning, I encourage you as you listen to this testimony that if in your own life you have not yet made that choice, you now don't get to act in ignorance like these these guys tried to. You now have the truth. Now the question is, what will you do with it? You've placed your order. You bought your ticket. The question is, to what show? And the question is, what meal? You see, a miracle happened and it was followed by a message that led to changed lives. Today, 
Here is the message. And now you're going to witness the miracle of changed lives. Let me close in prayer, and then we have a special announcement that's going to happen about our Forgiveness Ministries seminar um, while we dismiss those that are going to be changing for baptism. And you're going to hear a great testimony by someone who's gone to the seminar. She's going to share with you the power of what is being offered later this month here. Let me close in prayer. Father, thank You so much for this piece of understanding that we can look to, we can hold to, and we can learn from. Let the Spirit do its work in the seeds of truth that were planted here today. And I pray that the Spirit works within each heart today to rejoice or to make whatever decision they need to in order to seek You. Let Your Spirit work powerfully, Father. To You be the glory. Amen.